powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Winnipeg Jets fans, are you not entertained? Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be your host here today. In a uh, um, a pretty much must-win game, it felt like, for the Winnipeg Jets. They come out on top of the St. Louis Blues 4-2. to two. What an interesting game. This game was far from the perfection that you would hope from from the Jets. Hope for from the Jets. Um, as, you know, coming into this game, we all know what's been going on behind the scenes. Uh, and you know what? Before I dive into all that, let's just get this out of the way because I feel like this one's going to be back-to-back-to-back, you know, items. Uh, think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn19+. Please play responsibly. Alrighty, guys. Wow. What a game. What an interesting game to break down. Um, You know, honestly, the, the place we have to start is... At the end of last game, the Philadelphia game. Um, also, is my audio sounding okay? I've got got some weird levels going on on my end. Uh, either way, let me know if if anything sounds off. Um, <laughs> sorry. So yeah. So coming to this game, there were uh, a lot of quotes that came out of last game from Rick Bonus. Uh, obviously, the past few uh, showings by the Winnipeg Jets have been more or less than uh, less than good. Um, and, uh, Rick bonus, you know, it's nice to have a coach that's going to come out and say what's, uh, what's needed in regards to, you know, letting the team know and letting the media know that this is not, uh, acceptable for the jets. Um, audio good. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Um, yeah. So this, you know, the, the, the quotes that came out of last game, um, was, was mostly in regards to kind of the booing as well as, uh, you know, calling out the difference makers for the jets. Um, I, I think it is well-placed that the difference makers needed to be called out a little bit here tonight because um, they've been less than, uh, you know, less than spectacular, that's for sure. Uh, you know, looking at the past few games, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been pretty rough. I found he hasn't been too, too engaged, especially against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, it was a very frustrating game for him. Um, you know, all around, Blake Wheeler hasn't been that great. Uh, Kyle Connor hasn't been, you know, his his uh, dynamic self. Obviously, Nick Ehlers is going up and down the ice as he always is. And Mark Shifley also, when the goals aren't going in, sometimes uh, gets a little frustrated. And the entire team has seemed frustrated over the past uh, few weeks here. Uh, things have kind of all, you know, where the downfall kind of started for the Winnipeg Jets, I would say, is probably around the Tampa game. Uh, th- that was the game, of course, we, uh, you know, we get back the the cavalry having, you know, four guys coming back to the lineup all at once. Um, you know, having Perfetti, Wheeler, Ehlers, uh, and Schmidt all come back to uh to the lineup all at once. Um and I think that that kind of changed a little bit of the vibe around the team. Uh prior to that, one the thing that was really driving uh the Winnipeg Jets was the fact that they had guys on every line that were willing to work. Uh a lot of the guys in the bottom six were, you know, they were all kind of fighting for their spots on the lineup. And I, there was a good competition going around. You know, there was a spot in the top six that was up for the taking, uh, that was constantly getting guys cycled in and out, which I I, I think provided the Jets um a healthy 
competitive environment to try and, you know, suss out who are the guys that need to be on this team, who need to be on the roster. Um, and looking at how everything has gone since then, um, it seems like the Jets have been kind of, uh, in you know, infantilized by the fact that they can, you know, outskill other teams. Uh, whereas Rick Bonus, you know, as he said, one of the quotes that he came from, uh, he said, uh, right now uh, we're going through a spell where as soon as, or sorry, right now we're going through a spell that as soon as the adversity kicks in, we're going on our own program, which was the problem all of last year. We thought we had corrected it. Now we have to correct it again and we will. Um, and again, continuing on with the quotes from him, that's all the fans want to see a 60 minute effort right now. The process just isn't good enough and the effort isn't good enough. That's all our fans want to see. So they're justified in their booing. Obviously there were, there were plenty of boos yesterday in the past few games against the Sabres as well as against the Flyers. Uh, and I think all of that was justified, uh, you know, and then of course you have, you know, Rick Bonus pulling Connor Hellbuck with the giving him a mercy pulling. Um, everything around the Jets has been kind of cratering, and it, it's it almost was approaching the point where we needed to hit the panic button. Uh, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, um, but tonight at least was a a bit of a grounding experience. We you know take take the DefCon level down one. You know, the Jets were actually able to come out tonight, play through the adversity that they faced. You know, Jordan Bennington played really well all to, all game, and uh, despite that, the Jets found a way to win. And, uh, you know, good teams, they find a way to win. So, uh, getting back to everything, uh, we had some very interesting uh, lineup combinations coming to the game. Um, other things of note, just to mention really quickly, uh, Kyle Capobianco comes in the, into the lineup for Logan Stanley. I think that that was probably the right move. Logan Stanley's kind of had uh, a couple rough games in a row, and so not a bad thing to sit him down and, uh, you know, let him have a watch from up up, uh, up above. And... Um, Axel Janssen Fialbi once again out of the lineup, which I still don't think is a great choice. Uh, I think he's one of, been one of the better players in the bottom six for the Jets as of late. Um, and there's other guys who I've been ragging on, notably Sakumana Linen, uh, <laughs> who uh, I'll be honest, man, he had a good game today. I'll uh, I'll get into that uh, very shortly. Um, but you know, the difference makers were called out by. Rick bonus uh, again going back to the quotes saying uh, some players seemingly didn't want to play tonight singles out the difference makers as being invisible can't find them uh, asked about the booze I'm surprised there weren't more again this is all quotes coming off of the Philadelphia game so we know the context that we're in coming into this game and uh, we get some very particularly interesting lines to start the game uh, we got Baron matched up with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Saku Manalainen. You have Kyle Connor with Mark Shifley and Carson Kuhlman. Uh, Cole Perfetti with Adam Lowry and Blake Wheeler. And then Nikolai Ehlers relegated to what I would consider the fourth line. I mean, all these lines are kind of uh, spread out uh, with uh, Kevin Stenland and Sam Gagne. Um, so I... There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, a big reaction on Twitter in regards to this, and I don't blame anyone whatsoever. I had the same reaction. Again, these uh, I think I tweeted out something along the lines of, "Boy, these sure are lines." Yep these these are these are forward lines for sure. Um, 
very interesting choice. What the what I see here, honestly, what I see here, uh, going back to what I was saying in regards to, uh, you know, when there was a little bit less skill in the lineup, the Jets actually were focused on really working for, uh, for their wins. They were really earning their cookies. Um, and I think what the goal of this was to try and jumpstart the bo- the guys, letting them know, hey, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you're not going to have Kyle Connor beside you to rely on for you guys just making nice little passes. And then if that doesn't happen and those get intercepted, uh, then you guys can't do anything. Um, I'm putting you with two grinders. You have to work. I want you working today. Um, and, and you know, we'll get into it, but... Um, they, they, I, I actually think that this worked for the Jets. And, and... Uh, you know, going down the lineup again, there was no, no more than, you know, one or two guys on a line, which I think is actually a good strategy. However, Nikolai either should not be in your bottom six ever. Um, but I have more on him later. We will talk about it. Um, so I think that the idea around this was to just, you know, take away the talent that everyone had around them and force them into a, you know, uh, a, a hard nose lunch pail, you know, work your nine to five kind of, uh, kind of shift where, you know, the, you're not just talents and skilling your way through everything. You actually have to put in a good effort and work for your pucks, work for your goals. Um, and you know, the jets came out to a pretty good start. Like I, I, I will, I will say like, I, I thought that the jets played pretty decently this game. Um, I think the lineups were not great. Um, but we'll get into that shortly. I kind of have my, my summary of the game divvied up into a couple different things. So we're going to start with the good. We'll get to the bad and maybe the ugly at the end. We'll see about timing. Um, But as far as the good goes for this game, um, the Jets outplayed the Blues. I mean, the Blues are a team that is probably, you know, kind of approaching the point where they are likely going to be a seller at the deadline. Um, It was really interesting to see... um, you know, how this game went, considering both teams were on a bit of a losing skid coming into this. And, um, you know, I, I, I will say I, I, despite the fact that the blues are not the best team, I think that the Jets did very well tonight. Um, especially not to get overwhelmed. Um, continuing on the good stuff, uh, looking at just general, Expected goals numbers. Uh, the Jets did really well, even at five v five. If you if you're a big into the uh, into the money puck, you know deserve to win a meter. Uh, the Jets were sitting at a cool four point four nine expected goals compared to the uh, Blues two point one eight. So almost doubling them there. Uh, Jordan Bennington played really well tonight, but also at the same time, I don't think that the Jets were doing, you know, probably their best to get. Uh, the best chances on, but I think that they were still trying to figure things out, especially with the new lines uh, and, and you know, getting back into the swing of things. Um, you know, the other thing I want to, I, I need to praise, uh, I think, I think Rick Bonus has found something with uh, Morgan Barron and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like those two together, especially tonight, were phenomenal. I have absolutely, absolutely loved what Morgan Barron has brought to the table recently for the Jets. He's throughout this entire skid, he's been one of the players who I've been, I think, constantly on this show, been like every night he's coming out and working hard. Every night he's coming out and um, you know, he's battling in the corner, he's winning puck battles. Uh, he's one of the few bright spots that we have been seeing on this Winnipeg Jets teams throughout this entire skid. 
um, and putting him with a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, fr from the start of the season, I was really big on seeing uh, Morgan Barron with Adam Lowry. I think both of them together, they played well in having, again, this possession kind of styled third line that is able to get the puck into the, op the opposing zone, apply pressure, and at very worst, keep the puck in the opponent's zone. If you do that, you can't get any shots against. So I think that they've been really good at controlling um, the expected goals kind of uh, with that that pairing with uh, Lowry and Morgan Barron together. But, you know, uh, the, additionally on that, uh, the pairing that he had tonight with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, like it seemed like there was a nice little chemistry going there. They were constantly finding each other for nice passes. Uh, Saku Manalainen, again, I will give him credit here. I, I still hold true in my stance that I think that he's a fourth liner, if not a replacement level player who is good on the PK and doesn't really bring a lot at five V five. However, tonight he had a really, really good game. Um, he was good on the breakouts, uh, directly led to one of Morrissey's goals. Um, right. Yeah. Directly. I think he, he led to the, uh, the Morrissey goal, uh, where he just kind of flung it into the middle and it went in off of, uh, Braden Shen. Um, and, uh, and same thing, he had a lot of chances in front, a lot of slot chances. He kind of reminded me of how uh, that one game that Carson Kuhlman had uh, way back when, when he was playing with Shifley and uh, Connor at the time. I'm not sure if Connor was with him or not, or maybe Perfetti. Um, and everyone was kind of getting on Carson Kuhlman for his lack of finish. But what I was saying on the show was you at least got to give him credit for getting to those spots, creating that space, uh, and having that chemistry to get in the locations. Um, and sometimes you're just kind of played above where you should be played in the lineup. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Saku Benalainen is a top six guy, nor would I say that uh, Carson Kuhlman is. Um, but I will give him credit. He had a good game today. Um, but I really think that we, that the Jets have found something with uh, Morgan Barron and Pierre-Luc Dubois together. Those two guys, two big bodies, are able to get into the opposing zones, dictate play, create some offense. And I think that Morgan Barron has a scoring touch that we haven't seen quite yet. Um, if he keeps putting himself into those spots to, uh, you know, get those passes from Pierre-Luc Dubois or setting Pierre-Luc Dubois up or whichever winger they're with, um, that could be a huge sign, uh, a huge uh, relief for the Jets. Um, having someone who, in the meantime, before the trade deadline, can play potentially in your top six. That allows you to drop Wheeler down. And... Um, you know, that kind of leads me to my next point. We got to see Wheeler with uh, Adam Lowry tonight. I thought that Wheeler didn't have his greatest game. Um, but, excuse me, I wouldn't pin that on his um, his lineup like being with Lowry or anything like that. I didn't think it had to do anything with chemistry. In my opinion, it was more uh, on the basis of... Um, it was more on the basis of, you know, he just wasn't really moving his feet. There were a couple times in the offensive zone where, you know, as soon as the puck was gone from him, he just kind of stopped skating. And there was one where the a D-man, like, uh, like, stole the puck from him um, and then ended up, uh, like, like, you know, Wheeler is standing a couple feet from him, and he just kind of stopped playing and just skated off. Uh, it is what it is. Sometimes you're at the end of your shift. You know, I could be wrong here. Maybe he's getting, they were getting called for a line change, but, um, you know, I would like to see a little bit more effort, but regardless, the ability to drop Wheeler down in the lineup will always be good. Um, you know, the less minutes he plays, the better in the sense of he can then go out and play harder for the minutes that he's getting. I think that he fits well with Lowry, both two big bodies who are able to go. And again, possession, possession, possession. That's what good hockey teams do. They possess the puck. They get good shots. 
on and on and on. So I thought that that was very, very good. Um, I will give Rick Bonus a, a thumbs up from, from me on that. Uh, I was happy with that. Um, and then my final point, I want to say that was, you know, the good. Uh, the Jets kept with the game. We've seen constantly, constantly now, uh, the Jets just kind of slowly fall out of it and kind of lose their momentum. Uh, whenever they lose their momentum or, or any sort of their confidence gets kind of, uh, you know, gets stifled, it seems like it just shatters. Like, as soon as, you know, the Jets aren't able to get, you know, a goal, a goal, a goal, they get some, a couple nice chances that they get stopped by the other the opposing goalie. You know, Carter Hart made how many nice saves the other night, and after that, the Jets were just deflated. They just weren't able to do anything. Um, whereas tonight, you know, the, the goal in the first period, what first period, no, the goal in the second period that, uh, you know, that started off for, um, <laughs> for the, uh, the blues, which I have to say, uh, Josh Morris, he had a great night, at least in the third period. <laughs> uh, most of the night he was pretty good. Uh, I got to give him a little bit of shit on the first goal, um, uh, where they, uh, <laughs> the, uh, who is it? Jake neighbors kind of gets in behind both Pionk and Morrissey. Uh, Pionk gets a stick on the puck, but then Morrissey chases after Jake Neighbors. Um, but as soon as he sees Jake Neighbors might be offside, throws his arm up, looks back at the ref, throws his arm up, looks back at the ref, he stops playing. Like, like, you know, I don't think that necessarily Josh Morrissey for sure stops that goal from happening. Um, but you play to the whistle. Like, that's one of the first things you're taught. Uh, I know Josh Morrissey knows that, um, but it is what it is. Uh, not great. <laughs> he redeemed himself, of course, in the third period, but that was one I felt like I needed to give him a little bit of shit on, um, because you, you can't just stop playing, man. You can't just throw your arm up and go, oh, it's offside. Uh, and also, I'm pretty sure, based on my, my refing knowledge, uh, that would have been a goal regardless of if Jake Neighbors was offside. Uh, the way it works in the NHL is, uh, whoever has the last touch on the puck, um, it's not possession based. Um, I know in minor hockey, if the uh, the defending team brings it back into their own zone, uh, the the offside is waved off. In the NHL, I think you can just touch it and it'll come back in. So the touch that Neil uh, Neil Pionk has off of his stick, and then it goes into the zone. I believe I could be wrong. Uh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent on my NHL offside rules, um, but I'm pretty sure that that still would have counted even if Jake Neighbors was offside. But regardless, this is all to say, you got to stay with your man. Um, but regardless, even after that, uh, even after the 2 nothing goal where, you know, give got to give Capo Bianco a little bit of crap on this one. Sandberg holds the line for a, probably a little bit too long. It's a bit of a two-on-one. Uh, instead of just, you know, allowing Sandberg to uh, play his man on the way back uh, and, and try to put pressure from behind, Capo Bianco tries to smother um the player coming up the boards, he makes a nice pass to a wide open. I, I, I won't be able to remember the guy's name, unfortunately. Uh, it was one of the names where I'm like, ooh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Or I haven't heard that one much. Um, and again, 2 nothing. But again, this is the good section. This isn't the bad. I know I, I, I kind of said a couple of the bad things in here. Um, but uh, the, the one thing I'll say is the Jets stayed with it. The Jets kept playing. This was right at the start of the third period. Jets, you know, the Jets team that played against uh, the Flyers, the Jets team that played against the Sabres, this would have been the nail in the coffin. And that's that's the only thing I have to say here, is that that would have been the nail in the coffin. And now we're looking at a game where the Jets win 4-2. They come back to make 
you know, a great comeback. Uh, big, big shout out to uh, Josh Morrissey. He's been one of the big, one of the MVPs of the team, obviously uh, still campaigning for his Norris, uh, Josh Norrissey this year. Uh, a great goal uh, to finally break the Jets shutout streak uh, of 103 minutes and 25 seconds. E yikes, not good. Uh, and that was also a great response to, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nikolai Ehlers potentially getting hurt was kind of scary. Uh, and it was good to see uh, Morrissey kind of do it to Falk uh, after he slashes uh, Nick Ehlers and potentially hurts him. But everything's good. He's okay. Um, and then, again, same thing. They just keep on it. They kept on it. They kept on it. They kept on it. There was, uh, you know, the the goal that was scored um, to, you know, tie the game up was just a nice, uh, a long possession that the Jets had. The Shifley-Ehlers, um, Connor line did great at keeping the puck in the zone. And when it came back, you know, simple thing for Nikolai Ehlers. All he does is just turn it back up the ice, brings it back in uh, with an easy controlled entry. It's what he does. He's a free zone entry. And uh, yeah, just a, a great game all around. Um, in the sense of the Jets didn't uh, didn't back down. They kept playing. They kept playing despite Jordan Bennington coming up big for the Blues. Uh, despite the Blues having a 2-0 start uh, over the Jets. Uh, they come back to win 4-2. You got to give them credit. And again, not a perfect game. Not a perfect game. Uh, the Jets still had some faults tonight. Uh, my main issue is with the power play. Um, before we get into that, though, I'm going to take a moment to uh, have a little sip of water here. I apologize. Um, and I'll read the chat and see if anyone has uh, anything to say here. Give me one moment. Apologies. Uh, Noah Laforte, uh, coming in as one of the chat MVPs these days, post-game quotes, I really appreciate it. That's easily one of my least favorite things about doing the the, the stream almost immediately after the game. Uh, it's tough to get those quotes in. Uh, post-game quotes, Mark Shifley on Josh Morrissey. He was freaking fantastic tonight. I can already picture how he said it. The <laughs> classic uh, Mark Shifley freaking. Um, and then another one via Mike McIntyre. Josh Morrissey says he blacked out after his first goal and isn't quite sure what came over him during his let's fucking go celebration. Says he was just trying to get the team and the crowd into it. And and you know what? Well done. He he absolutely did. Like that was that was a sign of life that was so needed by the Jets. Um, and it was fantastic to see the the Candle Life Center who, you know, started the game after a couple of power plays, started booing. This gets a, is a nice little segue back into it. But uh, boy, oh boy, the power play was not great tonight. Um, I'm trying to look it up here really quickly. I'll have it in a moment. Uh, but the Jets had a lot of power plays tonight. I think they had seven, eight. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and I thought that they did pretty brutal on them. Uh, my biggest... Uh, <laughs> my biggest gripe, why is Blake Wheeler playing on the first power play over Nikolai Ehlers? And this is going to spark a, a bigger conversation about Nikolai Ehlers and his usage here. Um, I, I don't understand the, so the Jets get a four minute power, a power play to start the game, uh, pretty early on after, uh, after Kyle Connor gets high sticked. Um, this is when Wheeler starts on, on PP1. I don't know if this was like just an audible because um, 
Cal Connor wasn't allowed to start the power play because he was, uh, you know, he still had blood coming down his face. Um, excuse me. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, was, the power play was not good. The Jets were able to get a decent amount of possession. They kind of only, they only got one shot over their first four minute power play. And, um, my biggest issue was that Blake Wheeler, every time he got the puck, uh, there was, there was two or three times where he forced, um, he forced these passes that just didn't really do anything for the Jets. Uh, there was one where he tried forcing it into the middle of the slot. Did absolutely nothing for the Jets. They, they picked it off really easily. And it just seemed like he wasn't, you know, making the poised passes that we're used to seeing from Blake Wheeler on the power play of years past. Um, so that was one thing that was very frustrating. I thought he looked awful on the on, on the power play. Um, one thing I wrote really that was good, uh, we, we saw a Z, uh, an Ehlers zone entry, which is, uh, again... The biggest thing on the power play is you got to get the puck into the zone with control. You have one guy on the team who does that flawlessly every single time. He should be your guy on the first power play every single time to carry the puck up the ice because he cannot be stopped. And if and if he is getting stopped, he's getting swarmed. He just dumps it in. You have two or three guys who are able to you know pounce on one guy in the corner. You should be able to get that puck back immediately. Um and then PP2 was just brutal. I, I I don't know what it is about Power Play 2. They just can't get it together. There was one point here in the in the second or in the uh in the game where the second power play actually looked pretty decent. You wanna know why? It's because Nick Ehlers got bumped down. Uh as I said, Kyle Connor wasn't really able to join the first power play on that four-minute power play to start the game. Um, but then after they decide to take Nick Ehlers off of the of the of PP1 and uh, and leave Blake Wheeler there again. I, I don't think that Blake Wheeler deserved that, uh, considering he was one of the reasons why the puck wasn't, uh, wh why like you know play was getting broken up. Um, so that was very frustrating. I found, um, but maybe maybe it's a, a way to try and get the second power play going because the second power play has been kind of like really really bad all year, and so it's been very frustrating um, to watch that. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, despite that, the Jets still played well. Um, and then again, I think this just kind of sparks a bigger topic on the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets of the usage of Nikolai Ehlers. I have no idea. I have no idea tonight why Nikolai Ehlers was saddled with that fourth line duty. I get that Rick Bonus was trying to send a message to, you know, his difference makers. Um, but, you know, sending him to the fourth line to play with Kevin Stenland and Sam Gagne, as much as I've praised Kevin Stenland, uh, you know, that's a, a much different sentencing than, uh, you know, saddling, you know, Shifley and Connor with Carson Kuhlman, who, you know, they've been kind of put together as a line before as well. That doesn't seem like as much of a doghouse, but just kind of, you know, what's left to to fill the rest of the lineup. Same thing with dropping Ehlers and, uh, sorry, not Ehlers, uh, Wheeler and uh, Perfetti down to play with Lowry. Again, that's, you know, almost testing for a, a potential third line uh, if the Jets make a couple moves, right? So, I do not understand why he was the one who was in the doghouse. I think, if anything, it should have been Pierre-Luc Dubois. But Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, while getting saddled with two guys who are, you know, bottom six guys, uh, was still played like a first-line center. So, I don't get why in the first period the Nikolai Ehlers only gets uh, three minutes and 58 seconds of time on ice. Uh, two, two, sorry. Excuse me. I'm speaking too quickly. I'm getting hiccups. <laughs> um... 
the uh, two minutes and seven seconds at 5v5 where Nikolai Ehlers is like provenly historically the best Jet player at 5v5 as well as on the power play. Uh, I, In case you didn't know, Nikolai Ehlers is really, really good. Um, I digress. Uh, he can't be getting used like that. I was glad that after the, you know, after the first period, uh, Rick Bonus decided to finally put the put him back up with uh, Connor and uh, and uh, Connor and Shifley. I want to say Connor and Dubois. I'm so used to it by now. Um, but who knows? You know, now this was kind of the super line that we kind of envisioned at the start of the year. Uh, if you know, if Morgan Barron can play well with Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, maybe th throw Perfetti on that line, and then you can kind of play that super line of uh, Shifley, uh, Connor, and Ehlers. That's not too bad going forward. And then, again, you get Blake Wheeler in the bottom six, which, again, allows you to have more effective minutes by him. You can play him a little bit less, um, but that means he can go even harder uh, in the minutes that he's being given. And you can give him a bit, a bit more of a role rather than just kind of being this, you know, guy who's a top six guy who kind of isn't a top six guy and has kind of fell off a little bit, he's kind of lost his step, but he's still, you know, anyways. Um, so that was very, very frustrating for me, uh, but it is what it is. The Jets go on to win 4-2. And uh and yeah, this was a big win. It felt like a must win going into the All-Star break. Um it wasn't a perfect game, but that's okay. Not every game is going to be perfect. All I will say is we saw a stepping stone to get back to seeing the team that we saw earlier in the year, which is all I've wanted over the past two games, the very very frustrating games, uh, the Sabres and the Philadelphia Flyers. Again, the Jets needed to win tonight. And and not only for the fact of, you know, providing some sort of stepping stone into becoming the force of a team that they were earlier in the season, but to prove to the fans that, you know, this is a new team, that we're not just running off of vibes. Um, the Boos were warranted. The Jets have been playing like shit. Um, and we're past the honeymoon phase. Like, this isn't the Jets of 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, where we're just happy to be here. Uh, fans are upset. Fans want to see their team win. The, like, we're sick of mediocrity. And we have a higher standard now. We've seen what this Jets team can do. And it's just about getting back to that level. Maybe providing a little bit of help from uh, from some trades from Mr. Uh, Dayoff would be really helpful. But um, I'm just glad to see, as a fan, that, you know, we weren't crazy for believing that this team can be good, that this team can handle adversity, that they don't shatter at a, uh, at you know the slightest bit of adversity against them. Um, so I'm very happy to see that. Um, I'm going to finish off talking a little bit about trades really quickly. Before I do, though, please give us a like on the uh, on the old stream. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, we got a decent amount of people in here today. I'm going to take a look at the chat really quickly here. Uh, PLD has been invisible for a while. I completely agree. <laughs> Missed the game. What were those lines? Couldn't tell you, buddy. But uh, hey, they, they Rick Bonus figured it out in the end. He sent his message. Uh, and hopefully we don't have to resort to doing this again. Um, but yeah, okay. Trades. Trade deadline. Bo Horvat is now a New York Islander. Uh, in a trade that I thought was a little underwhelming, but at the same time, I don't really know what the, the Islanders are doing on both sides. I have no idea how this happened um, because this this screams the, the return 
is fine what they got they you know they end up getting a top 12 protected first uh aturati aturati aturatu i can't remember how to uh, pronounce his name it was kind of like a b-level prospect uh as well as anthony bovillier uh again they could probably move anthony bovillier at this deadline or next um but really i want to talk about this because of the ramifications for the jets um sorry before i get into that one final comment i the reason i i'm confused about this deal is i don't know why it happened now that that package for bo horvat doesn't seem like enough for you to pull the trigger right this second and be like that's the trade we got to lock that in um but it is what it is you know i'm i'm not smarter than any gm i'm not smart, smarter than patrick alvey and i'm not smarter than jim rutherford um but it is what it is continuing on though um what does this mean for the jets well now one of the big pieces is off the table so this can have two two effects on uh, the market. Uh, first of all, one big one of the big fish is gone, which means naturally uh, everyone now is going to be fighting for what is left, which is Timo Meyer, of course. Um, so that likely will drive the price of Timo Meyer up, but also at the same time seeing the kind of limited return that the uh, Canucks end up getting for Bo Horvat uh, kind of sets the market price, which I don't really think is I, I would lean more to the to the side of this raises the prices for a Timo Meyer, for a Ryan O'Reilly, for uh, whoever it is you're looking for. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what the Jets do. I think regardless, I think we all can agree that the Jets likely need some help up front in, you know, kind of the middle six, likely a middle six winger. Um, and we can probably all agree that it wouldn't be a bad idea to get another shutdown defenseman. Um, the big thing is, uh, in regards to defensemen, the way I see it, I don't care how big the guy is. All I want for him to do is corral the puck, uh, shut down the other opponents, uh, the opponent's office, uh, offense and make a clean breakout pass. Cause that is all that the jets need is someone who can get the puck out of their zone. The forwards can cook and it, with an addition can cook even more. Um, so a guy like a Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba is the guy who I've been looking at a lot recently. Uh, he's a UFA at the end of the year. Um, I, I don't really know what the wild are going to do with him because they are also kind of in a playoff spot. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, another reason why the, uh, why tonight was a must win is because every team behind the jets is catching up on them. So, uh, in my opinion, the jets got to make a trade sooner rather than later, um, but we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, luckily now we are at the all-star break. The Jets can kind of, you know, take this win to the bank, feel good about it. You know, the, the coaching staff can kind of analyze and think, you know, what did we do good? What is going to be our, our identity going forward? What do we need to keep focusing in on? What do we need to stop allowing our team to do in order for us to succeed? Um, and the Jets can go on their vacation, um, enjoy it not really sit you know uh, sit and wonder you know what's going on uh they can feel a little bit more confident in where they're at and uh and now again balls in the court of chevy for the next week and a bit the jets don't get back in action till what like the 11th i think of february i could be wrong on that one uh i'm just looking ahead to see because uh, again i i get a little break which is nice um <laughs> the uh yeah the jets are back on the 11th against the chicago blackhawks it is a 9 p.m game here in Winnipeg. Uh, Alyssa will be doing that show for you guys. I'll be busy, unfortunately. 
Um, but enjoy your guys' uh, break here. We I think we all could use a little mental health break from the Winnipeg Jets. They've been kind of straining uh, on the mental a little bit recently, at least for myself. I've been, I was kind of dreading the game all day today just because I wasn't expecting much. But I am pleasantly surprised at how it went. Um, again, not a perfect game, but they, uh, you know, it's just a step to building to what can be uh, potentially a contender team. I still believe that they have it. I still think with the right moves that they could go real far in the playoffs. Uh, I really hope to be celebrating with you guys at Porridge in Maine at some point here soon. Uh, but regardless, thank you all for tuning into Game Over Winnipeg. Please enjoy your your uh, your you know your time off from from some hockey. Uh, make sure you stay warm. It's been real cold out. Uh, and uh, have yourselves a, a great week. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, you know, if you're tuning into the All-Star Game, um, you know, tweet us out. Let us know what you're thinking about all the all the Jets players. The uh, Obviously, Connor Halbuck will be there. Josh Morrissey will be there. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at NHL Chunky. Follow Alyssa, at Liz Hood. Uh, and, my, and uh, of course, follow SDPN Sports on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, check out uh, Alyssa and I both did a uh, I Can't Teach Size episode. That's our own podcast uh, off to the side. We talk a little bit more about uh, everything going around uh, the, everything going on around the NHL. But, of course, it is mostly from a Jets perspective. Uh, we do a little bit of a trade deadline primer. So uh, let us know uh, what you thought of where we said each player would be going. And, again, a lot of that is said from the Winnipeg perspective. So uh, check it out if you need a little trade deadline primer. Um, again, it's at Canty Size. Um, but regardless, thank you all for tuning in. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Stay safe. Stay warm. We'll see you on the other side of the All-Star break as we get into the last little stretch of the season. Thank you all for tuning in. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.